Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. What would you like a reading about? Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm going to read my letter that I wrote to you. Yeah, you totally can. And also, I like that you called it a letter. Dear Jessica, for as long as I can remember, I've suffered some sort of body dysmorphia, specifically in my face. It's safe to say that it is the root cause of most of my anxiety. I am an actress, so it's hard to escape the way I look when I have to see it literally all the time. It's manifested in a few ways. Sometimes it's anxiety about my acne and my constant skin picking, which I've consistently suffered from for 20 years. For a long time, it was about my nose until I got my nose job two years ago, but truthfully, I still have anxiety about it. And most recently, it's been about my chubby cheeks. I've had a consultation with a plastic surgeon and I can't decide if I want to go through with it. Mm. Some days I feel so empowered that I am able to make decisions and change the way I look. And at the same time, I'm afraid of making too many changes and making myself feel and look even more deformed. Mm. It's mainly frustrating because I know it's holding me back in my career. I'm a performer who is dying to be seen, but when I finally get those opportunities, I self-sabotage. Is this a theme in my life that I will struggle with forever? How can I overcome this? Can I overcome this? Please help. Oh, God, this is so human, and I'm so sorry. (laughs) And so before we get into the core of your question, Mm -hmm. you said that you sabotage professional opportunities. Yep. How? Like, I'll get an audition and I'll like immediately, my skin will break out because of anxiety. I'm like worried that my skin's not going to look perfect on the day. I mean, now that we get to do like a lot of online auditions, it's been a lot better because I have way more control over what they literally can see. I can adjust the lighting. I can shoot it on a day where my acne has cleared up a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have way more control, but I sometimes will like, even if I book a job, I'll get on set and I realize they're setting up the camera on the side of my face that I can't stand. Mm. And then I just start like panicking and I can't even think about the scene anymore. All I'm thinking about is how bad it's going to look, how I was really excited for the scene. And like, this was going to be the big scene of the trailer. And now like, I I, I'm like afraid to even see it. So it's like anxiety is the self-sabotage. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for sharing slash I'm sorry. I'm going to say I'm sorry a lot because this really does suck. Um, And I'm also going to push you a little bit. When I say a little bit, it probably means a lot. So, you know, you and we've decided we're not sharing your birth info, but safe to say you have a moon in the 12th house. It's a Leo moon, but it's a moon in the 12th house. And you also have three planets in Libra, Sun, Mercury and Mars. And you have a bunch of other things that are worth mentioning, but I'm just going to start with those two things to say that I'm a fucking Capricorn bulldozer. So if at any point you're like, 
I want to hear the information, but ouch, give it to me slightly softer edges. You just tell me. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no, Hit no. Me I, hard. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see, I mean, I, I will by nature, but also it's okay if not. Okay. So I just wanted to start with that because this is such a tender, tender topic. But okay. I have to just start with this question. You mentioned deformed. Do you believe that you are deformed? There are days I look in the mirror. I'm like, I'm gorgeous. Like, wow, I'm awesome. And then I'll see a picture or I I do a lot of social media as well. So I film myself a lot. Right. And it'll be at an angle. And I'm like, literally, like, where is my jawbone? Like, where, why does my brow like look so harsh at this angle? And my nose, like, even though my nose is awesome now, it's still like, why is it look like, like all of it together? I'm like something about it. It just feels wrong. And it's not, it's just like, not like obviously the quintessential perfect little face, which I'm trying to let go of that. But I guess in my industry, it's really hard when everyone's so pretty. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going to just pull back and say in those moments, do you feel that you're deformed? Yes. Okay. I'm glad that you you're able to say it. And to just like, as we begin to just notice that when you're not in a state of like activation on a scale from one to 10, eight plus, it's hard for you to identify with the word deformed. Yes. But because I'm in a good mood right now. Right. Because you're not there in that moment. Yeah. Right. But because you know objectively that, first of all, you actually have no physical deform. You're not yes. deformed. Right. Yeah. So then I want to pull even further back and ask you do you know any people who are deformed? Currently, no. Do you follow any people on online on social media that are have facial deformities? Um, no. I do. I, oh. I have asymmetrical eyes. This is not about me, and I don't want you to feel any amount of guilt or bad feelings about this. This is not a time for guilt, so do not feel any guilt because I could feel that was a really sharp spike. So don't seriously, earnestly, don't worry. I hope you can tell from my energy. Like, okay, do not worry. There's like a question I'm trying to get at where I'm trying to find out. So you don't really you haven't clocked that you know anyone with a deformity or and you don't actively like follow with young women who have facial deformities, but you have a really negative belief about deformity. So if you were deformed, let's say your very worst fears are true and your face is on some level deformed, mm-hmm. what's it mean about you? It means that I can't work in my industry. OK, I'm going to push back on that because I'm looking at your birth chart. And I know okay. this is not. Oh, it means did not oh. start because of your work. This is this is something else. I, I think I do have a really deep seated thing of like the way you look is your power. It's like mm-hmm. powerful to be beautiful. And for whatever reason, my whole life, I've like had this deep rooted desire to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But what's it mean if you're ugly, if you're deformed, because you're conflating deformed and ugly, right? Okay. Which yeah. not everybody does. Uh, most people do. But, but you know, I want to hold space where I personally don't, but but I most people do. But let's let's stay with this. Like, let's say you are deformed. And again, I'm just going to say, as your astrologer, you had these thoughts and feelings way before you decided to be an actor or way mm-hmm. before it was realistic for you to be an actor. So this yeah. is not, we can justify it through your terrible fucking torturous misogynistic industry. But really, (laughs) this is your anxiety stuff. This is your stuff. So what do you think it means about, okay, and I hate to do it too, because I know this is going to make you feel bad because you do not like to be mean to other people. But if you see somebody and they're fucking ugly, 
Yeah. You see their face and you're like, that lady is ugly. Her, she has no jawline. Her nose is a tragedy. Honestly, do you have like, ugh, like bad f- thoughts or feelings about her as a person? No, I feel bad for them. You feel bad for her because you feel like she's suffering as a direct result yeah, of yeah. her weak I, jawline. Like, that must, yeah. I, I mean, weak jawline, I would say, is like a, not the hardest. Well, I mean, but, but, but it was on, yeah. it's on your list <laughs> yes, of yes, why yes. you should hate yourself. Yes, so I'm just yes, like, yes. like if someone, yeah, yeah, I, I have like extreme pity for them. And I'm like, that pity. must be really hard to go through life. Okay. Because like children will stare at you. Like, like when you're really like, I know, I know I'm not actually deformed and I want to say that. It's okay, like good. This, yeah. I know I'm like, like literally, like, I know I'm like a pretty girl. Like I'm yep. within the realm of pretty girl, but it's yes. like, it's like this part of my brain that I can't shut off of yep. being like, Ooh, if you could just adjust your bone structure slightly. Totally. Be so pretty. Yes. Okay. There's a reason why I'm starting with these questions and I'm not starting okay. with astrology and I'm not starting with a lot of the things I could have started with. And there's a reason why. The reason why is because you have this ironclad narrative. It's very, very clear. 23 out of the 24 hours a day, it's on, is what I'm seeing psychically. Am I right about that? It's like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, Yeah. it's like all encompassing. Yeah, Yeah, it's all encompassing. And when you talk about it with people, you're not having the kinds of conversations where they're like challenging you on it. You're having like normal people conversations, right? Where they're like, don't feel bad about yourself, but they're not like, helping you to unpack what you're actually saying, thinking, and feeling. Say that one more time. Sorry, sure. I want to make sure I got that. I'm going to say it a different way. Okay. You said you feel deformed. And when I pushed, you said weak jawline, bad nose. You weren't even that fucking serious about the nose anymore. But like, okay, yeah, literally yeah, that's what yeah. you said. So my guess is that most of the time when you express these thoughts and feelings, people aren't asking you to clearly delineate for you to have to like, say it out loud, hear what you're saying, look at your actual face as you're actually saying it. Is that correct? Yeah. I would say there are times like with my close friends, I'll be like, oh, this literally, you see this, like this literal thing, like in this photo, I'll be like, this is the photo. This is what I hate. Yeah. Girls do that with each other. We're just like, can you believe fucking my my part of my hair was off? Yeah. And And then we like one up each other and it's like, yeah, well, I, yeah. So. Okay. But that's, Focusing on the surface of the problem. And that's why I warned you at the very beginning that I was going to go a little hard Capricorn with you because the surface of the problem, we can talk about it till you're blue in the face. I'm sure you already have in your life. It doesn't fix shit. What really is important is for you to be able to get at what the beliefs that you hold are about ugliness and prettiness and deformity. Because deformity is a place that you return to. And I am sitting in front of you and see a very symmetrical face on a very pretty young woman who's like very conventionally pretty. You're not like, I have to like reach and be like, oh shit, well, I could see in a certain light. No, like you're very, you're lovely to look at. But that's not, you're welcome. But like, that's not the point. It's how you feel. Mm-hmm. What I'm basically suggesting here before, you know, we we kind of get any deeper is this is an anxiety like a, a like a very maladjusted coping mechanism that is related to but not exclusive to anxiety mm-hmm. that is absolutely based in the reality of being a girl, <laughs> like in a misogynistic world. Mm-hmm. So it's not like anything you've come up with 
has no basis or anything that you've come up with has not been reinforced by the world around you, right? Like I'm, I, you're not making this up out of the clear blue sky. But when we come back to feel pity for the deformed, what if you just have somebody who's ugly? You see, just like a, an ugly person, a person who's objectively not attractive to you, or you, you can't see that anyone would think they're attractive. Do you also feel pity for them? Yeah. Okay. And do you have to feel so weird about saying that? That's okay. You know what? What we're doing right now, and I want to be exceptionally clear for you and anyone listening, is judgment has no room here. All we're doing is we're trying to find the truth because the truth is each and every one of us has really ugly beliefs about beauty. We all do. I think especially people who are nurtured as female and people who have to exist in the world as female, but like we all do. And we all have maladjusted beliefs and feelings because the world is fucked up. If you want to judge later, we can do that later. But like for now, we don't judge. We're just exploring what you actually think, right? And I have to ask, do you have any ugly friends or family members? See, I feel cruel labeling them. Sure. Um, Yes, I do. Okay. And are their lives objectively harder than yours? In certain ways, I would say things like dating were harder. Okay. Is harder or was harder? Overall is harder. Overall is harder. Okay. This is really important. So you have the kind of experience that people that you don't think are are particularly good looking, and again, I know this is a really hard conversation, that they, they don't get love. Is that what you're saying? It's not that they don't get love. It's that maybe it's harder for them to find it because there's so much... Like, I feel like people are are more likely to be mean to them. And maybe I'm thinking of like when I was bullied as a kid, like, mm-hmm. like. So I, you're, you're involving yourself in this. I'm not talking yeah, about you. I know. We're, you're not part of this conversation. We're talking about your ugly friends or family members. And I got to say, just I, I should pull pull up and say, I have no value judgment on ugly. I know most people do. I don't think ugly is bad and I don't think pretty is good at all. So when I say ugly, I don't mean bad. I don't mean anything negative other than does not fit in any way into the conventions of beauty. So if we omit you from this conversation, you are not one of the ugly people, okay? Even at your ugliest moments, and you think about the people that you do know who fit into that category, do they have more anxiety than you? About their looks or in general? Either. Either one. I I think they do have anxiety. I don't think it's proportionate necessarily to their looks. Mm-hmm. But so it's, I, I guess all my friends have anxiety of some sort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, 2024. So would you say they have more anxiety than you? No. Okay. That's interesting. So they're not experiencing internally more suffering because they're ugly. Perhaps. I, okay. I haven't. At, I mean, like, I don't think I've like gone up to the ugly. Oh, my gosh. The ugly people. I've just sound uh-huh. so bad. But I've never been like, are you really sad that you haven't been able to date? That much so because, you're like, conflating two things that I want to take away. Oh, I'm sorry, God. I'm gonna pull them apart. <laughs> I this feel is like a monster. Right no, no, now. no, you're not a monster. This is, <laughs> and this is the only way. This is like when you talk or think about ugliness and beauty in relationship to you and you alone, right? So the the part of you, the anxious, activated part of you that wrote me the question, it's like you're standing with your nose touching a painting. You are so intimate with what that painting looks like. You are touching it. You have no perspective. You cannot actually see the whole painting. You are too close to the painting, right? So all of your beliefs and all the things you tell yourself and all the feelings you have, 
come from having this narrative that is really old and really deep inside of you and you have no perspective. And so the reason why I'm torturing you and forcing you to like talk about it in regards to other people is because your ideas start to unravel a little, don't they? Like a little. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's a little harder for you to believe what you're selling to yourself when we apply it to other humans with yeah. bodies and hearts and parts. So this is why I'm pulling you in this direction. I promise we'll get to the astrology of it. But I want to say you're conflating lovability and ugly or pretty, mm-hmm. which kind of means that the person you're with would leave you if you got ugly. Like that's what that means unconsciously, right? right? Do right, you feel right. that that's true? No, I don't. I don't actually with my husband. No, I mean, I guess we'll see. But (laughs) sure. But, you know, it's just it's interesting to see where your unconscious like survival mechanism beliefs. Right. I mean, maybe that's why I ended up with him. But I mean, dating when I was dating, I was very self-conscious about the way I looked on dates. And I remember like specifically like a couple of times having really bad acne breakouts and like the whole time, like could not mm. focus. And one time I was on a date with a guy who was like, I wish I could release you of that anxiety right now. Mm. And I was That's like, intense. Whoa. And I was like 23. So like, whatever. But yeah, I definitely thought my looks were my value at that mm-hmm. point too. But you don't now? Not in my relationship. No. Okay. I mean, I obviously I love looking hot for my husband. He's like, Hey, what's sure. up? But <laughs> right. Like, so you're no, I mean, now able to separate your lovability and your looks. You obviously aren't because we've been talking for 20 minutes and you haven't been able to do that up until this moment. But yeah. but on some level, you clearly are. Yeah, at least with him. Yeah, with him. Right. OK, we're going back to the ugliest of the people, you know, just the ugliest person, you know, again, I don't think ugly is bad, and I'm going to hold space for that, even though you have mixed feelings, okay? Okay. And no guilt here. It's not a guilt yeah. state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think in some way, so, and and I, I should pull back and say, so are all the people that you would put in that category also single? Not as of recent. So no, the answer is no. No, correct, no. Okay. But they were for a really long time, into, well into their 30s. What's and, well into their 30s mean? Sorry. Can you give me an age? 32. <laughs> okay. So would you say that 22-year-olds are well into their 20s? No, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I do. I know why you said that. Because I'm exaggerating? Because all of this is about an exaggerated... You have such strong feelings that you have woven a narrative that's exaggerated to match the feelings. Yeah. Even though, as we put it under, not even a microscope, we're just putting it on the table. It falls apart very quickly. Yeah. So, so she's 32. Yeah. She's in a relationship now, but yeah. wasn't for a lot of her 20s. Didn't have her first relationship till she was 20, late 20s, 28, I think. Okay. Let um, me ask you he this. Was bad. He was really okay. bad. Two questions then. Do you know any skinny, pretty girls who were in bad relationships with bad guys? Yes. Oh, me too. Do you know any skinny, pretty girls who had a really hard time getting boyfriends and dating? Yes, me. (laughs) Me too. Okay. Okay. So here we go. There's a false equivalency that you didn't come up with. You are not the originator of this big, ugly lie. But your anxieties and your unconscious beliefs have really like just drilled into it as an inalienable truth, even though you actually have evidence in your personal life 
that's not actually factually relevant. So when you see your skinny, pretty friends, single and only dating assholes, you don't equate it to their beauty. But if you see somebody who's not conventionally pretty, you do equate it to her beauty. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Bad. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good to be able to hold this because yeah. there's connections you're making that, again, just don't make sense. Yeah. Right. And it's really valuable for you to be able to understand this. So the next time you see somebody who's really pretty, who's having a hard time with their husband, their boyfriend, or they're totally single or whatever, you can say to yourself, and it has nothing to do with the way she looks, whether she's skinny, fat, ugly, pretty, whatever the fuck she is, right? Whether she's old, she's young, well into her 30s. I'm putting quotation marks on that because she's 32. But you see what I'm saying. Okay, you see what I'm saying. <laughs> say your full name out loud. We're going to beep this out. I was born. What do you go by? Do your mom have an eating disorder? I don't think so. No, at least not now. She might have when I was younger. My dad has alluded to that. Okay. I am seeing when you were growing up that that she did have disordered eating. Let's maybe put it that way. Does that does that make sense with what you saw of her? Maybe. I mean, I don't think I have any like memory of her like of her eating habits at all. Mainly my dad's eating habits. I I very much have opinions on. Mm. It's interesting. What about your mom's relationship to skinniness and prettiness, because you're you're not naming skinniness, but I'm seeing that this is a big part of it. My mom is very self-deprecating and like mm-hmm. does not think she's pretty, like won't wear dresses like to my wedding would like finding her something to wear was like a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Getting her hair done. She has very, very thin hair and like her getting her hair done was a big deal. It was an overwhelming part of the wedding day for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, because you had to deal with her yeah. internal noise about prettiness. Yeah. Yeah. So I bring this up for two reasons. One is for you to know it doesn't just come from society and it certainly doesn't come from your jawline. It's an inheritance. It was modeled behavior. Mm-hmm. And so maybe your mom didn't tell you directly, like, the way you look is directly related to how people are going to feel about you. But she felt that way about herself. Mm -hmm. This is articulated in part by your Venus-Pluto conjunction. And the other part is when you see the ways in which your mom handles how she feels about the way she looks, when you get evidence like you did over your wedding of the internal chatter and the self-imposed restrictions, you can see how... It literally only harms her and Mm -hmm. sometimes even the people around her and isn't a reflection of her value Mm -hmm. of her looks. And it doesn't it's like it just I'm seeing when I look at it energetically, when I the way that you felt about the way she was behaving, where you were just really like in the presence of her internal chatter during your wedding. You were just like, the fuck? Like, it does not have to be this hard. Yeah. I feel like part of it that's frustrating is she talks down on herself and the way she looks all the time, but then she puts in very little effort. Oh, this is right. This is fun. So that makes sense why you feel like plastic surgery is the answer because it's effort. You're fighting the ugly. (laughs) Is that, is that right? Yeah. Well, it's like my mom doesn't like, she has done her hair the exact same way for the past 20 years and we haven't tried anything new. She wears clothes that hide her body as opposed to trying to find things that are really flattering on her. So I'm going to jump in 
and yeah. say that what your mother does is the opposite of what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen the opposite of something, think of a heads and tails of a coin. It's a single coin. Girl, it's one coin. So some people's response to the anxiety about being not pretty enough or not thin enough or whatever it is, is to do what your mom does, to be Mm -hmm. like, I don't have a body. I don't have hair. If I don't put in effort and I look ugly, then no one can say there's something bad about me because obviously I wasn't trying. And then other people obsess on the way they look. They obsess on their outfits. They obsess on their skin, their jawline, their hair, their th- whatever it is, in efforts to mitigate those same feelings. But it's really, they're both a negative self-obsession and a limitation of the bigness of who and what you are based on how you look. Your mom does the opposite of what you do. She doesn't do something different than what you do. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. But it does explain, because you and your mom have a similar struggle And the way you've seen your mom handle it, you're like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm going to do something about it. I'm proactive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight genetics. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Okay. And are you noticing, because I'm guessing, because you're in your early 30s, right? 34. Okay. Yeah. I would still call that early. Well, if you want to call it, we could do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 You're early 30s. Do you see, because I'm guessing your mom's like, what? Is she in her 60s, 50s? 70. 70. Okay. So at 70, do you see how this anxiety makes even less sense in a, per, in a human person? Or does it seem kind of the same to you as it did at 40 or whatever? I think it's the same. I don't think it makes. Yeah, I think it's the same. Does it make more or less sense? Yeah. Okay. What we've uncovered so far, which I know you already know these things, but but we're going we're gonna to put them on the table again. You have really negative beliefs about deformity and ugliness, that they're basically a a reflection of your value as a human, right? Mm -hmm. Your power, your value. You said power, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Power. Okay. Like your currency almost. Like it's like a woman's currency. Yeah. Girl, you're going to have a really hard time getting old if you don't, we don't work this out. Oh, I know. Girl, let's let's dig in. We're digging. We're digging. We're digging. (laughs) So, so, okay. So there's that. You do also extend pity to people who you think are butt ugly or deformed and you equate lovability with prettiness even when there's literally very mixed evidence on that but that is like yeah that's the that's the the compulsion right that's the compulsion yes 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 Mm -hmm. yeah I I mean I I I think people who aren't beautiful can have beautiful love and the same love that anyone can have I I just want to say that (laughs) and also really beautiful people are famously miserable in love as well. Yes. Let's yes, let's yes, put of all course. of that on the table, right? It's all it's like on the I table. know all these things. It's like, but it's like I don't know. My brain just can't always get there. I mean, this is this is what you were talking about. You use the term body dysmorphia. It's it's a term that literally literally refer, refers to very disordered thinking about what you see when you look in a mirror. It's you're not telling me like, I'm super well adjusted. I totally got this. Like, so again, like, you know, I don't want you to feel any kind of guilt or bad about this because we're talking about what you understand to be not the best yeah. adjusted impulses in your brain. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. We're there together. Okay. So so <laughs> listeners, <you get> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everybody knows. And the truth <laughs> is some people could listen to this and be like, oh, this is so fucked up. A lot of people are going to listen to this and say, yeah, me too. Yeah. Like maybe they'd be scared to say it out loud, but 
nobody would say it out loud without a Jessica pulling it out of them. So <laughs> this all said, I'm going to have you say your full name out loud again. We're going to beep it out. I'm going to go into the astrology a little bit. In your birth chart, you are a millennial and you've got Uranus conjunct Saturn conjunct Neptune in Capricorn, like everyone in your generation or everyone of your little micro generation. Mm-hmm. And in your birth chart, it's in the fifth house. That is the house of play and creativity. It's where, you know, the natural placement of Leo and it sits opposite your Jupiter. It sits opposite your Jupiter. One of the things that this means is that you have a very kind of heavy-handed way with yourself. You really, really enjoy playing, and it helps you get out of your head. So whether we're talking about acting, because of course this is the place of acting, but all kinds of play, like playing with music, playing with clothes, like just fucking around, like playing with the way you look, like all of that, because of Uranus and Neptune there, is really like you actually genuinely enjoy it and can get out of your head and get out of all of these like terrible thoughts and feelings when you're in a state of play. Yes, yes. Yeah, which, you know, we hadn't talked about yet, but it's worth naming. But there's fucking Saturn in the middle of your Uranus-Neptune-Saturn conjunction. Saturn's in the center. That means there's always a fucking consequence, right? There's this part of you that's like, okay, I'm playing with the way I look and it's super fun. And then you just, there's a small shadow on your nose and you're like, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. Now you're going to fucking pay. Now you're going to pay. How dare you think you're pretty? How dare you have fun in your body? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because Jupiter is opposite these three planets, what happens is those feelings are big. Jupiter just makes things fucking bigger. And all of these planets form a T-square to your little Libra stellium. So that's your Mercury-Sun-Mars conjunction. And That part of you, that Libra part of you, is like, I need to be liked, and I need to be liked by the things that are on the surface. Kind of, in a way, starts that simple. Because you have that Venus-Pluto conjunction, of course, Venus being the ruling planet to all that Libra, it does indicate that you were raised with really toxic beliefs about what it means to be a female person and how your primary value as, as a human, is around how you get along and how pretty you are. And you have those two things equated. So, you know, you talked about love. And yes, the chart speaks to that. But it's not just love, is it? It's about being approved of by others. Then we move to your fucking moon in the 12th house. So were your parents divorced? Did your parents ever divorce? No. Wow. That's impressive. You're the second I'm... astrologer to say that to me. I'm not surprised. They have mm-hmm. a very peculiar relationship. They've been married for a long time. They're really weird people, but they're um, they're still married. Yeah. They, yeah, they made it work. Okay, so the thing about your chart is it does suggest that your dad really wanted your mom to be a certain kind of female, very mm-hmm. traditionally speaking, and your mom bought in. She was all in at first, and she gave up her personal life. She gave up her kind of like the strength of her emotions because she's a really intense person. She kind of was like, okay, to be a wife, to be a mother is to kind of put those things aside and to be more pleasing and all of that kind of stuff. And she did do that at the beginning. Is this true of what you know? I I, I would say, yeah. I mean, I will say her career is incredibly impressive with 
in all that that you just mm-hmm. said, I would mm-hmm. say like if anything, her number one focus. I mean, she worked hard as a mother too, but like I mean, she she works. She loves her job. She works like a lot. Number, oh yeah. But what about so this is all none of this is about work for your mom. This is all about friends. Right. It's all yeah. about her being Literally. able to have emotions at home. I always say I've only seen my mom cry like twice. There it is. Okay. I think that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Especially because you do know if based on nothing other than what happened at your wedding, that she struggles with a lot of self-hatred, self-condemnation, keeping herself small. And that's like a, a trauma response. It's like a fear-based response, right? Yeah. You were raised with this modeled behavior. Your mm-hmm. dad was perfectly fine with it at the beginning. He was perfectly fine with it at the beginning because it centered him. So at home, maybe she went out when she worked, but at home, she still centered him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was very consensual. I don't know that it is anymore, but when in the early, so when we're looking at the birth chart, what we're looking at mainly, is, you know, to see this stuff is the first seven years. So this was all by the time you were seven, it was all consensual and it was actually working. It wasn't really working, but it wasn't like, you know, the rails hadn't come off the the train yet kind of thing. I think that happened later. And this is where a lot of compartmentalization occurred for both of your parents, which is for another reading. But I want to say that what this modeled for you is well, you don't get to be totally happy. If you don't get to be totally happy, then you have to make compromises so that you can be happy enough. And if you're pretty enough, if you're agreeable enough, if you are likable enough, people will take care of you. And if you're taken care of, then you can go off and do whatever you want to do. I am teetering a little bit on that last one, but because that last bit's about how your mom took care of your dad. You're yeah, I don't want yes. you to only identify with your mom in this because your dad felt that he was putting up with a lot of stuff so that he could get certain of his needs taken care of and met at home. So Mm -hmm. he felt like he was like some big guy who was making compromises. Not to say either of them are bad people. It's just like, you know, the fucked up shit that happens in relationships. He felt like he was making big compromises with his partner and he was doing those things so that she would continue to take care of him in the ways he wanted to be taken care of. Mm. So I smooshed together the... Yeah, both that resonates. Yeah. And did your partner take care of you a fair amount? Yeah, I actually think we we actually do a really good job of taking care of each other. Good. In different good. ways. Yeah. yeah. There's like a good filling in the blanks happening. This is a part that I see that you really resonate with with your dad is this feeling of like this pattern of like, I understand that I have to like compromise around X, Y, and Z in a relationship so that I can get my needs met and I can be taken care of at home because the thing that is very clear, I'm not saying that you are like your parents or that your marriage is like your parents, but the thing that is very clear is that there's personal and then there's public. In other words, what you feel is not for public consumption. What you feel is personal. And we don't need to tell anyone about that. We need to keep that shit under wraps, right? Which is, again, part of why I started by challenging you on on some of these beliefs and assumptions, because it's a coping mechanism that, honestly, is not terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like it's a bad coping mechanism. But what it does in the context of struggling with the way you look is it enables some of your kind of like mental and emotional struggles. It's like the hinge of a door. It's not the door. 
but it's directly connected to the functionality of the door. Say it one more time. Sorry. Sure, sure, sure. I, no, don't be, don't be sorry. I'm trying so hard to get every detail. <laughs> I, I respect you. I respect you. Don't you worry. Um, so what I'm saying is like, this is this part of your nature that I'm referring to, how you saw your parents' marriage functioning. It's not directly related to how you feel about your face. It's not the, the thing, but it's an emotional coping mechanism or like a, a series of emotional coping mechanisms that enable and feed into some of the really strong feelings you have about the way you look and what it means because mm-hmm. you have this belief that was modeled for you that how you really feel, like how you actually really, really, really feel, like your actual worth, what the people who love you and know you really think about your power and your worth, those things are private. They're like in this super private space of home and family. And therefore, they don't get picked apart like so many other things do. Does does that make more sense? It doesn't have to if it doesn't, but... I think it does. Let's come back to it if if okay. you still have questions around it, okay? I'm sure you're going to listen back to this and be like, yeah, I get it. Like, or not. You know what I mean? I'm like, like it, taking it, in so many things. I know. It is it is a lot. So, okay. So, let's actually slow down. Let's slow down. I want to okay. just first come together with this fucking T-square in your chart. The T-square in your chart can be experienced in the way that you're experiencing it, that you have a really heightened anxiety response to the way you look and the way you think other people feel or think about the way you look, right? That is one way this T-square can function, as you are very well aware. But the (laughs) other way that it can function is that you can develop a more spiritual, thank you, Uranus and Neptune, spiritual relationship to taking responsibility for the emphasis and power so taking responsibility for the emphasis and power, now we poke Saturn, that you give to the way you look on your whole entire life. So this is more related to the Jupiter and then all the Libra stuff. In other words, I'm going to try to say it more simply, you can decide that you want to change how you think and how you feel. And at this time, what you have decided is you don't want to feel terrible. You haven't decided that you're willing to change your beliefs or your ideas because then you would risk being ugly and having all of the terrible things that happen to ugly people, even though maybe objectively those are that's not true. But that's the fear, right? Like it's it's you're you haven't decided you want to work on the issue. You've decided you want it to not be there anymore. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me just kind of like slow you down and check in with you had this core question. We're speaking to it. We're speaking around it. But like, is there anything you want me to like answer for you or address in any way? Or is there anything I've said that you have questions about so far? I guess like in terms of like answering my letter that I wrote into you Mm -hmm. um, of how to overcome it. It's just like going on the spiritual journey of accepting it. Mm. Well, as opposed to like calling up plastic surgeons. So here's the thing about the plastic (laughs) surgeon thing. Your problem isn't actually your face. That's the problem with this. The problem with this issue is you got the nose job, you technically like your nose, but when you're activated in your anxiety, the same thoughts and feelings with the same fervor emerge, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this is actually about the way you look. Yeah. All of this is about anxiety. All of this is about your discomfort with being in a body. Mm -hmm. All of this is about 
unconsciously as well as consciously, but I'm more concerned with the unconscious parts, placing an emphasis on the way things look over the way they feel, the way they are. The truth of the matter is, you know, when we go back to your work, do famous, beautiful actresses and actors have terrible acne? Yeah, obviously. Does that matter? Zero percent. Like literally zero percent because it is not 1924. It's 2024. There's makeup and all the things. If somebody wants to get rid of acne, they'll get rid of the acne. I mean, yeah, airbrushing has taken a lot of my anxiety away recently. I bet. I, I bet. Yeah. But but it's not so much that it's actually fixed the problem. Right. Oh, no. This is I'm still on set with it on my face. Yeah. yeah correct. Yeah. And that's and, when and, it matters. Yeah. And also, it sounds like it's not just about when you're on set. It's also when you're like just fucking living your life or yes, yeah, anything, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is why I worry for you about getting cosmetic surgery because yeah. I don't believe it will actually solve any of your problems. And as we know, because there are statistics about this, right, which I don't have on hand, but there are statistics about this. It's a slippery slope. People who get plastic surgery get plastic surgery. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, not all. But like if you're being fueled by the level of self-hate that you are and unconscious judgments, and I'm calling them unconscious because I think we've barely scratched the surface of what you believe about ugliness or what you believe about beauty. Like We've barely scratched the surface of your unconscious beliefs. And there's no surgery that's going to fix this problem. Because mm -hmm. it's because it's an, a mental anxiety problem. It's mm -hmm. not a physical problem. You have a husband who loves you. You you know what I mean? Like so, like that whole like unlovable thing. It's like, well, that's yeah. trash. That doesn't yeah. work, right? And and you've probably heard this me say this in different contexts a lot. But if we don't identify what the actual problem is, we will never come up with the solution. Think of it this way: if you and your husband are fighting about something and he thinks you're fighting about the dishes and you think you're fighting about being respected, you're never going to fix this problem. You're never going to fix the problem because he doesn't understand that it's about respect for you. And you don't understand that he doesn't understand that it's about respect for you. So you're not having the same conversation. Therefore, it just becomes a fight that is an ongoing fight that doesn't stop being a fight because you can't agree mm -hmm. on what you're fighting about. I say this because plastic surgery is you having a fight with your face and not being realistic about what your fight is actually about. Your fight's actually about anxiety. And that doesn't mean that at the end of the day, you won't choose to get plastic surgery. I would suggest that from where you're at now, your motivation is not one of empowerment. It's one of anxiety. Yeah. And there are, you know multi-million, billion-dollar industries happy to capitalize on that. But what a waste of your time and your health. And, you know, I mean, surgery is, you know, it's like a health risk. It's not nothing. So no shade on on surgeries, you know, whatevs. Like, you know, do what you want to do. But the motivation, I think, is really important because yeah. the problem's going to persist. Yeah. yeah. What was the other question about surgery? Oh, I just wanted to know, like, energetically, like, is it just mm. like, like anything, like it's great sometimes, bad other times, kind of? It's a really like, great question. Exercise. To me, it's it's really about motivation. Yeah. It, it is really about motivation. And the truth of the matter is there's nothing wrong with using, you know, medicine and science in the ways that we can. Like, there, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, okay, I want to look 
a different way than I look and I'm going to take the actions that I want to take. The problem is when we hold too individually something that is systemic. Can you really say that the way you feel about, let's say, your nose or your jawline or whatever the fuck it is, is really just about you and not about, I don't know, the Kardashians or whatever beauty standards exist today? We, we can't. Yeah. It's not really just about you. And yet going under the knife is a very, I mean, that's a very real thing. So mm -hmm. I don't personally think there's anything inherently unspiritual or unhealthy or broken or anything like that about getting a plastic surgery in general, but I'm saying to you personally, and you didn't even tell me what this plastic surgery would be. And I just want to remind you of that, that you didn't tell me what you would be yeah. getting done. So I'm, I want you to know that I'm clearly not responding to, you know, I'm not like, right. don't get your earlobes done. Your ears will be weird. Like that's yeah. not up here. I'm just saying your motivation is purely anxiety and the anxiety will not be fixed by medication, by right, right, right. surgery. surgery. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What comes up when I say that? Well, I, it's like, I knew you were going to like, I was like, I know this is where this conversation is going. She's going to be like, it's not like, you'll never be happy if you're not happy now. Like it's, and I know that I just like, it gets so hard when it's so accessible. Yes. And like, yeah, I'm old enough to have the funds for it. And I'm like, oh, and I live, you know, in a place where it's easily accessible, like with the best of the, in the country. And yeah. And I go on the internet and someone's like, just got this done and it changed my life. And sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. So and also I, mean, I will say my nose job too. Like I, I can like be like, oh, you know, I still has a couple of things that I wish it didn't have. But I mean, it also did boost my confidence a lot. And so then I get into that point in my head. Okay. Like, oh, let, let me, it. let me interject on that. So it boosted your confidence, which is massive. Right. Yeah. But did you get more love? Well, I got more jobs. You got in more my jobs. Career. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't get more love and you didn't get more like, but you got more jobs. Which I guess is more like too, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's because, more attention. It's more yeah. positive attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because when I ask you about love, you flip to work. And when I ask oh, you about like work, you're really obsessed about my career and about like the career. Fact I see. Yeah. I see. That's like, that's fair. Yeah. And like I'm 34 and it's not anywhere near where I thought I'd be at this point. And then it comes back to I'm like, well, it must be the way I look. I'm not pretty mm -hmm. enough. I mean, I am not going to sit here and say to your face that most white famous women look almost identical to each other because yeah. they do. Yeah. Like I cannot tell so many women apart, partially because I'm bad at this kind of thing, but <laughs> but also because like there's a look that is. Yeah. There's a body type. There's a face type. There's a hair type. There's an eyebrow type. My God. So I'm not going to tell you that that's not real. Of course, that's real. But there's this these beliefs that you hold about the way you look when you get to a state of activation where you're like, I'm disgusting. I'm deformed. There's something wrong with me. I can't tolerate being in my skin. You didn't say that last bit, but I'm adding it in because I feel like it's true. That's how you feel. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. None of that has to do with your work. None of that has to do with your work. It has to do with some kind of like anxiety-based self-hating thinking. And in those moments, true story, is your nose exempt from the the hate parade? Not all the time, no. Okay. Depending on the day. When I'm, Depending when on the I'm day. spiraling, no, it's not. Yeah. Okay. This is what I want to bring your attention back to because, listen, if you're getting a surgery because you're an actress and you want to make it in Hollywood and reality is reality, 
girl, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on that. Who would fight you on that? But that's not why you want to get surgery. I don't believe it. Because when I asked you, well, how does it make you feel? What I saw was sad. Like there's this part of you that believes, oh, there's an answer to my problem. If I get the surgery, then I'm going to feel better and I'm not going to feel like fucking garbage. And when I said, I don't think you should do this, there's this part of you that feels like you've just taken away the one thing that could fix me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that sucks. Okay. But that that is thinking to be investigated because if, in fact, any surgery could fix the way that you think and feel when you're activated, then I'd say get that one. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do to your face, your boobs, your knees, whatevs. There's nothing you can do that's going to change the anxiety, honestly, other than therapy. Yeah. Sorry. Because therapy is super slow, whereas surgery, as long as it can take to recover, it's physical. It's not mental. You don't have to actually work through your fear, which is of being ugly. And I know that's related to work, but it exists before work and after mm -hmm. work and outside mm -hmm. of work. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework, okay? Oh, gosh. Yeah, you don't have to write it down. You're going to okay. remember this. You're going to remember this. It's easy homework. I mean, I don't think it's going to be mentally easy for you, but it's going to be easy homework for you to remember. You spend a lot of time on social media, Instagram, TikTok, one of those, both yeah. of those. Okay. I mean, who's not chronically online, I asked I you. I know. Well, it's also because I do social media influencing as like a side hustle. So I, I'm you have to be, you have to be yeah. online. Okay. You're going to start following if you take my homework. So I'm going to, let me restate it. So I'm not being so bossy. I gently advise you to start following women who are around your age, who you think are ugly on purpose, okay? Yep. And they can be fashion influencers. Right. They could not be. You decide. I also want you to follow women who have facial deformities, real ones, not like, yeah. it only comes up in certain pictures once, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want, the reason why I'm advising you to do this is because it is too easy in this world to not see people who don't fit in to the conventional beauty stuff, right? Like I'm guessing if your whole feed is like perfect looking skinny yeah. white girls of who are like somewhere in their 20s or early 30s. Again, I think you're in your early 30s. You're comparing yourself to this monolith. Yeah. So I'm also going to give you the advice to follow some older women, not older models. Don't you dare. Okay. Older women. Because the truth is, you know, if, if you are lucky enough to live long enough, you will become ugly by default as an older woman in society. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to get you to do is a few things. I want you to be visually exposed to different kinds of faces and bodies so that you hear your own thoughts louder. Okay. Yeah. Because the thing about social media is I'm not just telling you to look at photos of, of women who you think are not attractive. I want you to hear them speak. Hear if they're miserable. If you have pity for them, is it deserved? Is it deserved? And sometimes it might be, and sometimes it won't be. But ditto for super fucking conventionally hot ladies. Misery yeah. knows no beauty, knows no ugliness. And I'm not saying that, you know, that there's not privileges and powers to conventional beauty because there 100% are. But your anxieties aren't actually about that. Your anxieties go to a really extreme place of like, I don't deserve to be here. Like, this yeah. is intolerable. I can't even fucking exist in my skin. I'm so ugly. And that 
is not really about ugliness at all. It's about feeling out of control in your meat suit and out of control in how your meat suit functions in the world. You are fixated on things like beauty. And sure, that makes perfect sense. But it's actually not about how you look. And if you can find ways of unpacking the ways in which what I said are true, as well as the ways in which what I said is untrue, because it's both, part of what I said is fucking wrong. And part of what I said is fucking right. And you're allowed, my Libra friends, to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Because what you have now is a lack of nuance. And it's because you're standing too close to the painting, as uh-huh. it were. And what I'm trying to get you to do is cultivate more nuance, which will at first look and feel like you being confronted by ugly thoughts that you don't like about you, right? About other people. Like, I, I actually want you to think those thoughts and feel those feelings. Obviously, I don't want you to say those to people's faces because this no, is therapeutic. God. Yeah, yeah. This is this is about you being able to hear yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You would be with millions of other Americans if you were like, yeah, I believe this. This is true. But I'm going to believe, because you listen to my ass all the time on a podcast, that you don't <laughs> actually believe that ugly humans have no value and beautiful humans can do whatever they want and they are worth everything. You don't really believe that, do you? I mean, no. depends on the day, but no. Right. Um, the, the emotional anxiety yes. response does believe it. But when we yes. actually talk about it, when you actually right. think about other people. Right. So what I'm encouraging you to do will confront you with all of the ways that you think really mean, terrible thoughts. And I want to encourage you to stay with it, to really stay with those mean, terrible thoughts so that you can make decisions about whether or not you want to try to change your thinking. Because changing your thinking is what will help you around these anxieties. Mm -hmm. And if what you're really desperate to do is to get a surgery, a cosmetic surgery, then if you work on your disordered thinking and feelings, then what can happen, and I'm using like a psychological word, obviously I'm not a fucking therapist and I don't deal with disorders. The thing I want to get you to do is to talk to yourself about this more so that you can make better informed decisions. Yeah. But what you actually believe and who you actually want to be. Do you want human babies? Yes. You do. And have you any worries about getting pregnant in terms of this issue? I haven't had worries. Interesting. I have worries. I mean, should you have worries? I mean, listen, you're asking a triple Capricorn if you should worry. First of all, (laughs) always about everything is my patented answer. But no, I just, it's just interesting to me. Like the, the body dysmorphia you have is really unique to your psychology, right? A lot of people who struggle with a lot of the thoughts and feelings that you struggle with are also scared of pregnancy because you gain weight. Oh, I am worried about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what did you think I meant then? Oh, this like, am I going to be able, like, physically able to get pregnant? Because I feel oh. like that's like, because I'm 34. Everyone's like, you better hurry up. No, everybody. Um, I don't know. I feel like all my friends have babies in their 40s. Like, it's, okay, good. Yeah. I feel, yeah, we're thinking like maybe next year, year after that. We're like, we're yeah. there. But, yeah. Um, no, I do have, I do have like real anxiety. That's what I was asking about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About like, will, like, will my stomach stretch out really bad and I'll have to like, Get a surgery. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I heard it. I heard it psychically before you said it out loud. I saw you were like, I'm not going to say that out loud, but I heard it. 
Yeah, so, but I'm also like, but also I, I, in my head, I'm like, you know, it's, you know, obviously that would be worth risking that because I want to be a mother very deeply. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, if I had to, I could, I have that option mm -hmm. to fix that if that were to happen. Mm -hmm. And if I felt like I hated it or, you yeah. know, all these yeah. things. And I do worry about feeling fat when I'm yeah. pregnant. And my face, I'm worried about my face being fat because it yeah. will. Yes. When I was on birth control, my face was fat. So I'm yeah. like, well, that's what's going to happen. So there's like a number of things I want to say. First, I'm just beefing up your fucking follow list. You're also going to follow fat girls, okay? You're going to follow okay, yeah, yeah, fat yeah, yeah, girls yeah. who work I do, with style. I do, I, yes. I you do. Have, you, you <laughs> I do. do. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, good. I mean, it's less of your trigger because you yes. are you don't struggle with your weight. So you can't right. give yourself that weird trip right yeah but it's not about the weight in my body when i'm pregnant it's the weight in my face when i'm pregnant it's about the weight in your yeah, face yeah. it's fascinating isn't it yeah. fascinating the thing that this is really all about is bodies i mean they're literally suits made of meat that's literally what they are bodies are i think pretty disgusting inherently i mean i'm a 12 house person but i'm just like ew yeah, what are bodies so except for meat suits with Fucking tendons and muscles and ooge, so much googe inside. They're so, so gross. Oh, God. <laughs> so much liquid. Too much. Too much, liquid. too much. Bodies are a thing. You know, some people agree with us about that. Some people don't. But here's what I can tell you. They're transient. The way you look now is not how you're going to look in 10 years. And you may like the way you look in 10 years a lot more than the way you like the way you look now. Or not. But it is for sure going to be different. The way you look will change. That is a certainty. And the kind of way that you, your anxiety just kind of like worked through your feelings about pregnancy of like, well, I'm worried about this, but I'm not worried about that. But what if I gain weight in my face? And, you know, da 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 da, da. Like all that kind of stuff is your mind doing Fred Flintstone cartwheels. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know that, that cartoon Fred with the Flintstones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they like they, their feet go in a big circle trying to get away from yeah. something. That's what was starting to happen as you were like working through what might go wrong if you got pregnant around this issue, right? We're not talking about your health right. or a baby. We're just talking about beauty stuff. Is that you're trying to navigate away from the risk of not looking like a 25-year-old who could be mistaken for any number of actresses that are currently mm -hmm. famous. The truth of the matter is you're definitely going to have to deal with this if you want to have more peace in in, in your soul. You're going to get older. And yeah. there's like, you know, your your skin will get thinner. Like all these yeah. things will happen. And what you saw with your mom on your wedding is how terribly this ages, how we get really stuck in our shit if we don't work on our shit. And what I'm telling you to do is only to become more mentally aware of the terrible things you say to yourself and the things that you believe that you actually don't think are right, but you yeah. you believe them when you're activated. To become more aware of those things, even though your Libra self is just like, if I'm more aware of them, then I'm a bad person and I'm mean and I don't want to be mean and I don't want to be a bad person. So I'll avoid all of that. But the problem is by avoiding it, you're not cope you're not like hmm. cultivating the self-awareness needed to work through it. Because yeah. what happens when you have these thoughts and feelings is you're like either you direct it against yourself and then you torture yourself and then you collapse. Am I seeing that right? You collapse? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. That sucks. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it's you well, like work yourself into a fucking tizzy and then co- yeah. there's some sort of emotional, mental, or physical collapse. And that collapse makes you feel empty. And then you're just like ready to go again. Like it just comes up again. It just doesn't change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I just like go to sleep. Yeah. And then it's <laughs> it can happen again the next day or it yeah. might be a couple days, but yeah, come it doesn't change. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is to think about it when you're not being activated as well as when you're being activated. And I'm going to give you another piece of advice. Do you like writing lists or no? Oh, no, I love a list. OK, great. You're Saturn. Good old Saturn. OK, so <laughs> what I'm going to have you do the next time you get activated about whatever part of your face or whatever it is, is pull out your phone or a piece of paper, whatever's easier, and write a list of all the things that are bothering you, okay? And then next to each thing, so maybe you're going to be like a bump on my nose or whatever, like I look terrible in this photo because my hair was parted weird. I keep on saying hair parted weird because that drives me nuts about my hair. But, I know, okay. I'm learning a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are. This is really like the, the parting of the, the bangs. Um, Things will do it. I know that anxiety. Things are hard work. They're hard, Anyways, yeah. we, we agree. And then in a column next to it, what does it mean about you? For each item, what does it mean about you? So you have a bump on your nose. What does it mean about you? Like, literally, I want you to answer that question. And if you have an answer that is like, I look bad, I feel bad, that's fine. Like, if you can't really figure out what you think it means about you, that's okay. It's make it a practice. Now, do you have a shrink? I'm on a pause from from therapy because uh-huh. I okay. felt like I wasn't looking forward to it anymore. And I, I thought maybe I need to get a different one. I don't know. It just felt like time to part. Yeah. I was with you for like six years. So oh, yeah. Sometimes it's just time to move on. I think if you're going to find yourself another therapist, finding somebody who specializes in body dysmorphia is going to be the move. I, I'm Again, I'm not in the business of, of diagnosing such things. But I will say this really debilitating anxiety pattern that exists inside of you cannot function if you confront it more consistently. It just can't Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you don't like having the thoughts that you have. You don't actually want to be a person who believes what you believe. You just believe it because you haven't confronted it yet. Yeah. It's really hard to have a Venus-Pluto conjunction. I mean, you, I've been saying that. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's very hard. And honestly, that has not been the thing that I focused the most on in our reading. It's been your T-square because your Venus-Pluto conjunction makes you want power and it makes you want attention and it makes you want to be hot, pretty and hot. Not just one. It makes you want both, right? Because yes, it's yeah. Scorpio. Yeah. It's also, it um, squares my moon too. I don't know if that does anything. Yeah, else sure. To it, it, but it, it makes sure me does. really emotional about it. <laughs> it, it. It gives you compulsive and obsessive feelings mm-hmm. about it. Venus moon square is really, you know, Venus, usually when we have a square with Venus, uh, it really is so bad. But the thing is, is this moon Venus square makes you feel like if I don't get attention for the way I look, then I am bereft. I am just alone and lonely and I am unloved. And it's really rough. But this to me is the reason why your anxiety fixation points towards the way you look as opposed to other things. Because Mm -hmm. you must have noticed over the course of your years that you could 
like with just a little shove and a little shimmy, maybe develop the same kind of anxiety, terrible thoughts and feelings about something else in your life or something else about you. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This could this this could <laughs> spread like rust on an old car. Right. Like this could be yeah. a, a very corrosive catching problem. But because of your Venus-Pluto conjunction square to the moon, it tends to stay focused on like girl problems, the way you look, how likable you are, that kind mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, well, it's not good news, but but it is the news, right? It is the news and we accept the news so that we can work with the news. So the again, the work here is if we accept that you have this obsessive nature and that you do want to be cute, and you do want to be pretty and you do want attention. I mean, you want to be an actor. If we accept all of those things, then I want to point your attention towards your T-square. That's the toolkit you have for coping with those things. Understanding mm-hmm. that there is a disassociative element of this. Like mm-hmm. you compartmentalize. That's what I mean by disassociative, right? You compartmentalize. And that compartmentalization allows you to believe things you actually don't believe. To talk to yourself in ways that you know you shouldn't talk to yourself. It allows you to do that because unless you're super activated, you're not thinking about it. And when you work really, so all the advice I gave you was really pragmatic. It wasn't spiritual, right? So I said, like, work with your spirituality. But then all the advice I gave you was Saturnian. Let me tell you why. Because if you work with physical reality, what's true and real, if you actually do like some measure of like exposure therapy is basically what I'm encouraging you to do, then you can over time with effort get to a place where you have more stability inside of you around this topic because you have more self-awareness and you're able to be a little bit more responsible to yourself, like able to respond to like, okay, I'm super fucking activated right now. That means I stop looking at a picture. It doesn't matter what my deadline is. When I'm this activated, like when you hit a seven, girl, look away, look away. When you're at an audition, of course, you can't be like, well, I'm a seven. I'm going to leave now. Like, that's not obviously not what's going to happen. But in all other circumstances, you can. When you hit a seven to say to yourself, I'm in a state of activation. I need to deal with the activation before I continue to look at my face. If you make this a practice, which will be slightly hard. okay, super fucking hard. It will be super hard. But if you make this a practice, then you will get to the place where eventually you can develop a spiritual practice around it. Yeah. So that you can soften the edges of it. But if you start with spiritual, it's not going to work because there's too much disassociation around I it. was worried you're going to be like, meditate. I'm no. like, oh my God, I need something really. No, just, something yeah, very no, fucking physical. Yeah, yeah, yes, you do. Saturn is I in the, the middle of the conduction. Yeah, it's not going to fix the. If it was going to fix the it, problem, yeah, it would have happened by now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. None of this is impossible for you to come to a state of healing with. I do want to reiterate that in this moment, from my psychic perspective, you do not want to fix this problem. And you don't want to fix this problem because you don't want to do anything that will risk you being ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And so, again, we want to start with that Saturnian and solar because you've got Saturn in the center of, you know, your three planets in Capricorn. And then you've got the sun in the center of your three planets in Libra. So we want to start with the self-awareness, taking responsibility for, okay, in this moment, I do not want to change my thinking or my feeling because I maybe we'll call it superstitiously believe that those things keep me from falling down spiraling spiraling (laughs) out of control and around all the things that matter to you so again what you want to start doing is just exploring that resistance Mm -hmm. and maybe as you explore this resistance 
you will land in the exact same place you started, and that's fine. But I think that, and this is kind of one of the last things I'll say to you, is that I, you know, I, I looked at the transits you're going through this year in 2024. Very supportive. Tons oh, of really supportive transits. And I'm having anxiety about it because I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, I want to make sure I'm manifesting the best version of this year possible because Mm. I'm not going to get transit like this again in a long time. Oh, that's that's you have found a good way (laughs) to make something good bad. I (laughs) respect as a Capricorn. I respect that so much. (laughs) However, it doesn't matter if you make a teeny tiny bit of progress because progress is progress. Okay. It doesn't matter if you completely squander this opportunity because there will be other opportunities. What you need to know is like, okay, you got a reading with me about this topic. It's a very hard topic. Yeah. Let's say you explore the idea that you don't want to change. You want the absence of suffering, but you don't want to change. Okay. If you explore that and you really start to be honest with yourself about that, that's massive progress. And maybe that's the only progress you make this year. But what were you going to say? What would that look like exactly? What you want is the absence of suffering. Yeah. I just want to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to feel bad about anything. Yeah. And instead of wanting to work on your anxious and, you know, I keep on saying disordered thinking. And I, I have mixed feelings about using that term because it's such a therapist term. But I guess what I'm trying to say is... The thinking that ugly means bad and pretty means good seems really not true to me. And maybe you believe it's true. A lot of people believe it's true. To me, this seems B-A-N-A-N-A-S. But you get to decide for yourself. What you have done at this point, at the age of 34, is you've not decided that. You've assumed it. You've taken it on. You've used it as like a, a baseball bat with which to hit yourself in the head. But you have not actually decided that you believe that and that it's true. Mm -hmm. And that's step one. That's honestly step one. Like I made you say things that you didn't want to say. And what you need to figure out. real hard. You were sweating. You were sweating. (laughs) And so, you know, what you get to sit with alone with yourself is, were you sweating because you don't like the way it sounds and you wish it weren't true? Yes. I'm embarrassed by it. It I feel like it makes me sound like a really mean, vapid person. Okay. And I and I don't want to be that. But what you need to decide is do you not want to seem that way or do you not want to be that way? Both. Okay. That's good. So if that's true, and I believe that's true, not a hundred percent. But which is okay. Again, nuance. What what the anxiety response you have is lacking in nuance. It's all or nothing. It's 100% or 0%. Mm-hmm, it's I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gorgeous. I've got it. Or I am the ugliest person in the world. I can't live. Like it's it's very extreme Plutonian, right? It's very extreme thinking. And whenever we're in that state of extremes, when we're not able to hold space for any kind of nuance, then we know, okay, you're you're in your activation when you're in extreme thinking. So again, when you hit that wall and you're just like super fucking activated to be able to say, I am activated. I cannot look at pictures of myself. I cannot think about this because I know I can't trust my thinking because it reflects things I don't even know if I believe or I know I don't believe. And what will happen if you do this is you will feel fucking awful and you will feel the full weight of your sadness and your shame. I'm sorry. And what I'm encouraging you to do is to feel your sadness and your shame. And not to lose yourself in it, but to know that 
allowing yourself to actually emotionally feel it instead of what you're doing, which is starting to feel it, clenching up, and then putting words on it, putting like these beliefs that you don't even fucking believe on it, right? This means this means this means that instead of just being like, okay, I'm just going to stop chasing the thoughts. I'm not going to listen to my own thoughts. I'm just going to notice where I feel these feelings. I'm going to stay with these feelings. And from what I'm seeing, a, a lot of it's pure sadness. It's grief. It's shame. It's almost like when I look at you energetically, it's like you keep on trying to like make a table for people to come and have a meal. You just keep on trying to like be a good entertainer. Like you try to keep on like make it nice, make it nice, make it nice. But that means no one ever gets to sit at the table. No one ever gets to enjoy the meal because you're like too worried about the way it looks. So I don't know mm -hmm. what, what that the emotion for that is, but it's like um, a perfectionism inside yeah. of you that that stops you from actually getting to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to share with you just the, the energy of like, yeah, we're all vain. You know what I mean? We're all I'm vain. You're vain. We're all vain. OK, fine. We all have me suits and we want them to be pleasant and all the things. OK, fine. We want social power. Sure. OK, cool, 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 cool. But also like ugly is OK. I love a lot of ugly things. I think it is possible to be like I have parts of myself that are ugly and I love them as much as the parts of myself that are pretty. I just want yeah. to like share that with you as a possibility of how you can feel. And that yeah. doesn't mean you stop, you know, doing your hair and dressing for your body type and like caring about the way you look. You can hold them both at once is what I want yeah. to say. So again, we're back to nuance instead of extremes. I think that the astrology of this year for you, for you personally, is here to help you to grow into the adult you want to be. And that means you have to choose who you want to be, given the fucking world we live in. These are going to be incredibly supportive transits to help you do that. Here's mm -hmm. the thing about supportive transits, in particular supportive transits by Saturn, which is a lot of what you're going through. It's not all of what you're going through, but it's a lot, is if you decide to keep on doubling down on your maladjusted coping mechanisms, like, by the way, which every fucking person does. But, you know, if you decide to do that, they will get stronger and more deeply entrenched. Whenever we go through Saturn transits, it's like you are meant to prune your backyard, prune your garden. Do you have a garden? Mm -hmm. you have a garden? Do you I know do, anything yeah. about it? Okay, good. So it's about pruning your garden. And when the sextiles and the trines happen, we're like, oh, look at that. It's really growing here. And, you know, and you're like, oh, wait, shit, I can move this. That's not a big deal. Like, it's super easy for me to tend to this garden. But what most people do is when there's a sextile or a trine, we don't look at the garden. We're just like, oh, from the window, I can see everything's fine. Leave it alone. But what happens then is when the square or the opposition occurs, then we're like, holy shit, if I don't dig this up from the roots and move it or whatever, then it's going to fuck up my whole garden. So it's harder. So I'm basically saying all of this to say the period of life that you're in now, if you choose to think about what you're growing and you are, choose to be intentional about what you're growing in yourself, not just at work, but in yourself, then you will have an easier time making changes without working as hard than you will if you wait a few years until you won't have a choice, which is when Saturn squares all the planets that it's going to be right. trining this year. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. So that's the move is functioning out of self-love or functioning out of obligation. I mean, you know, I, I, I wish for you self-love. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Every year they say the 